This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to episode 50 of Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission, recorded on May 21st, 2021. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. And I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. We'll be giving you the lowdown on what's new in business, resources, and issues that affect downtown. We'll also talk to key individuals that make downtown Halifax better. We are back with another special COVID-19 episode. This episode was recorded via video conferencing as we are all working remotely from our homes during the third wave of this pandemic. So we apologize in advance for any issues with the sound quality. We begin this episode with our special 50th episode guest, Mayor Mike Savage. Mike Savage was first elected mayor of Halifax Regional Municipality in 2012, with a mandate to make Halifax the most livable, entrepreneurial, and inclusive city in Canada. He's going to talk to us about what it's like to run a municipality during the pandemic. He'll also be joined by Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. And while we have Paul with us, he'll update us on provincial advocacy efforts by the 12 business improvement districts, including Downtown Halifax Business Commission. And on BizBuzz, we have a few business milestones to share. We'll talk about what's open in Downtown Halifax and how you can continue to support our local businesses during this lockdown. We'll also talk about Asian Heritage Month, Open City 2021, the Patio Lanterns Festival, and our special giveaway for our 50th Downtown Lowdown episode. This episode is being recorded on Friday, May 21st, so keep that in mind while listening. The pandemic situation has been changing quickly, with new public health measures and economic programs affecting businesses implemented by the provincial government almost daily. To keep up to date, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19 or visit novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. For our 50th episode of Downtown Lowdown, we have an extra special guest, Mayor Mike Savage. Now in his third term, Mike Savage was first elected Mayor of Halifax Regional Municipality in 2012, with a mandate to make Halifax the most livable, entrepreneurial, and inclusive city in Canada, principles that continue to shape his work at City Hall and in the community. As an active member of the Federation of Canadian Municipalities Big City Mayor's Caucus, Mayor Savage is a strong local and national voice in support of local economic development, immigration, social equity, and infrastructure investment. Prior to his election as mayor, Mike Savage served as Member of Parliament for Dartmouth Coal Harbor from 2004 until 2011, during which time he played a national role as official opposition critic for human resources, social development, and status of persons with disabilities. We also have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, joining us in the conversation. Welcome, Mayor Savage. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. So first of all, how are things going? How are you feeling nowadays? Well, I mean, you know, health-wise, I'm very, you know, fortunate. My family and I are, are great. My my wife is, is doing well. I have two kids who are going to turn 25 and 22 in a month or so, and uh, uh, they're, they're healthy. My daughter works in Halifax. My son is on a work term. He goes to Memorial. He's at a work term here in the city at M5, and he's doing so we're we're very fortunate. We don't have any uh, great complaints. I just hate this whole COVID thing. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'm alone. Situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is your third term as mayor. Uh, for obvious reasons, it must feel very different from the first two terms. Uh, what specifically keeps you up at night this time around? Well, that's a good question. You know, there are things that keep me uh, my mind occupied on a sort of long term 
uh, level, like sort of all the time um, in this term of office. That would be things like uh, housing and social exclusion, um, uh, you know, and, and, and balancing the you know, development and making sure that we continue to grow as a city in a just way and a uh, sustainable way. Um, you know, and then there are things that happen, obviously, that are sort of a little more short term. I wish COVID had been more short term, but certainly COVID is, you know, and the implications of COVID and what it's doing to our, our businesses um, is troublesome. And then to be very honest, when we have a, a little flurry of violence, we've had a number of shootings uh, in the last month. These are all things that you try to deal with logically and sort of, you know, compartmentalize those as, as, a, as a job thing. But really, they're things that are with you all of the time. And you're always trying to figure out if there's something that we should be doing or differently or things that we shouldn't have done at all. Um, so, you know, th- those are things. I mean, right now, the big issue would be probably very similar to you guys, which is, you know, how are we going to get our businesses uh, through a tough time. The city's done quite well through COVID, but it's been so unequal, its impact. And for me to sit at City Hall and look down Argyle Street on a beautiful, sunny afternoon when the decks should be full of kids and people and not feel that vibrancy, that's what's missing is the vibrancy as well as the economic impact, certainly is something that, you know, is on my mind a lot, as I know it is on, on you guys at uh, Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Yeah, it's certainly heartbreaking to see the empty streets in downtown Halifax and throughout the city uh, during this lockdown. And that brings me to my my next question. Um, as we all have been hearing, small businesses have been really hard hit during this third wave of the pandemic. And after 14 months of openings and closings due to health uh, public health restrictions, uh, they have been thankful, critical, and very vocal about federal and provincial business support programs. Uh, can you go over some of the programs and supports the municipality is providing to small businesses in Halifax? And I'm sure Paul will, will jump in at some point uh, during this conversation as well. This is one of those things that from the very beginning when COVID first happened and we realized that we were going to, that our, you know, our lives were going to change, that we all had to figure out how do each of us help. And I got to give, you know, the, the feds and the province, um, the feds initially really, I thought, jumped into action. And, and not only did they come up with some plans like the CERB that, that kept people going, but they also were able to uh, recalibrate when they made mistakes, like on the uh, 10% wage subsidy, which clearly wasn't going to be enough. And all of a sudden it was 75%. Like, the most important thing sometimes that governments can do is say, didn't quite get that right and, and be, be strong enough to change it. So I think that, you know, they, they've, they've done that and then they've looked at things like, what is the impact? Well, how do we help with rent and, and, um, you know, and, and other business supports? The province have, you know, have jumped in. So what we've, what I've tried to focus on and with our council is, you know, what are those things that we can do as a city, you know, and, um, like what, what specifically can we do? We realized pretty quickly because COVID hit us as people were starting to think about spring and summer last year that, you know, the patios and Paul and uh, yourself and uh, Timmy and and uh, Sue and everybody else, you know, were very clear that this is something that could happen. I talked to folks like uh, Joe McGinnis and Brian Doherty and said, look, you know, what do you need? And this was something that they, they could do so that, you know, extending patios, making them, taking the cost off. Uh, was an was an important small step that we could make, and then how do we do traffic? So um, one of the cool things last year was to go down by, between Mattelby's and the old Triangle, and um, a, and see what we were able to do with with that street. Put a few lights up and 
turn it into a almost looked like a bank commercial. So, you know, <laughs> people having a bit of fun. And the first day that I was down there when it opened, I ended up having a, a beer with Steve Murphy. I guess he's allowed to have a beer. And um, so, you know, and then looking at how do we slow the streets and what can we do with that? In some cases, how do we open the streets? You know, people say we're closing them to cars. No, we're really opening them to uh, to people. And then more recently, we've recognized that we can actually assist businesses by providing the supports for things like having a summer in downtown Halifax and Dartmouth and Bedford. And we've plowed a fair bit of money into Discover Halifax and to the special events group that you guys are aware of to say, you know, we want to have an event. Because we heard last year that when the bubble opened, families would come to Halifax, book for five days and leave after two because none of those things that you normally get in the city were there. If you go to White Point, you don't expect a marching band or a guy in the corner playing the saxophone. But in the city, that's part of life in the city. So mm, it's part of the vibrancy. Uh, yeah, it was important. Supporting the partnership and the work that the partnership have done, the Halifax partnership have been really great in swinging into action. And I would also say, and I have to say this, it, um, is I think keeping the tax rate uh, low through the budget process, coming in lower than we anticipated, I think that helps. Uh, I know some of the councillors think it could have been used on other initiatives, and I get that. For me, I think it's a, it, it, you can do two things at once. So those are some of the things that we can do as a city. And, Paul, do you have any thoughts on, on that? Uh, I've, I've always got lots of thoughts on these things. I, I do want to say <laughs> uh, thanks to Mayor Savage. I mean, it's, you know, when, when COVID first hit, I think everyone was trying to figure out – well, it was new for everyone, right? We were all trying to figure out what to do. And I think, you know, one of the things, right, really from day one uh, that, that you pledged to us and, and the city, uh, the CAO, Jacques Dubé, did was, you know, the, the bids are going to be an important part of the, of the recovery process. You know, we need to have, you know, functioning business improvement districts, both as voices of advocates and as well as delivering programs. So, you know, you've always been very supportive of the work that we've been doing, and there, there wasn't really – I know in other cities there was questions about, well, maybe the city is actually going to claw back bid funding. I don't think that actually happened in any other cities, but there was talk about it. And that was really never part of the discussion here uh, right from day one. So, you know, and I think what, what's been great is, and, and a lot of listeners may not may not know this, and, and we get all sorts of, you know, we get all sorts of feedback from members about why doesn't the city do this? Why don't the feds do this? And we kind of funnel that all through, but we also try to, to share information. And, and one of the things, of course, that the city can't do is the city can't provide grant programs to individual businesses like the feds do or like the province does. You're, you're not allowed legally. So I think what, what – um, you know what you applied kind of right on was this kind of this this common sense approach. What are the things that we can do that we're allowed to do? You know, and, and let's try some things. And I think a great example is uh, you know is the work on Bedford Row, as you said. Uh, in essence, you know the the traffic department shut down half a street. I think you know if we'd asked them any time over the past number of years, can you shut half a street? They would have told us that that was impossible. That there'd be a million guidelines and reasons as to why you can't do that. But last year it just kind of happened, um, and there was no. And there was nothing wrong with it. In fact, it turned out turned out great. We're going to do it again this year. So, you know, I think, um, you know, at all levels, it really kind of this common sense approach came. And, it, and suddenly there was a bit of the shift to say, let's think about how we can do things instead of and immediately think of reasons that we can't. So so thank you for your creativity and flexibility and, and for, you know, for really kind of, I think, forcing that through the entire organization over there at City Hall. Well, thank you for that. We, you know, we the initial budget that came back after, COVID hit, so we had a recast budget, and it initially did call for cuts to the bids, and uh, that was taken out very early, and we recognized supports. We're looking now at the proposal uh, that you guys have sent along with some of the other bids on the parking, and what can we do to support uh, the parking initiatives. So uh, it, it's great when you have some specific ideas to work with, and, you know, can we do them all? Maybe we can't do all of them. Maybe we can. It is a direct way that the city can 
support those businesses in, in our business districts, um, that makes a difference. Yeah. One of the pitches I'll make while we have you on here is you had mentioned the Halifax Partnership, uh, which is an organization we've we've got a lot of uh, a lot of time and respect for, and, and Wendy Luther, the CEO over there, is is, is a great uh, ally of ours. Um, so one of the things that they do, one of the most important things they do, is they're they're essentially the ones that kind of create the city's you know five year economic growth strategies, and and we've since my time we're kind of into our third or fourth one, and so they do that through a whole, uh, whole public process. We've been having lots of conversations with with Wendy and the Halifax Partnership team about you know especially for this one we, we always say this, but especially at this time, you know, where the downtown, especially in the main streets have been hit so hard, you know, that there needs to be a, a specific focus in the next plan around, you know, how do we, how do we re-energize and re-engage and rebuild, frankly, uh, downtown Halifax. So um, I guess that'd be a little plug to say, well, let's, let's continue with that. Uh, we want to continue adding some pressure to make sure that that's uh, at least a big component of that plan. I know they're just, they're kind of just starting the work on that right now. Well, that is important. If you look at downtown Halifax and Dartmouth, I mean, you guys specifically, downtown Halifax. When I get elected, downtown Halifax had a lot of challenges. There wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of development in downtown um, Halifax. There was a lot of businesses moving out. I remember I was elected in November. Before I was even sworn in, I had a call from Costa Ellis telling me he was moving uh, OPA, it was then, uh, out of the downtown because he didn't see a future for it and moved to Bayers Lake and to Dartmouth Crossing. It was a perfect sort of... Uh, symbol of what was what was happening, and you look at our downtown now, and, and uh, pre-COVID, it, it's, it's been fabulous. Every city is trying to figure out what's the impact of COVID on downtown. If people aren't going to be working downtown, if they're going to be working from home, um, what does that impact? What does that mean to the restaurants and the bars and everything in in uh, in downtown? So we have to, in some cases, in some ways, a little mini rebuild of all of our business areas, but particularly the downtown and the main street. Um, business uh, areas that we have we got to we've got to support them as as they return post covid yeah which brings me to my next question mayor savage uh you know like post pandemic uh what how do you see halifax what is your vision for halifax when everybody has been vaccinated we're able to gather and have meetings and and be together whenever we want uh you know what what does recovery look like to you for the city well, and for I, downtown halifax yeah so Remember last year when we started seeing shoots of, you know, openings back? I don't know when it was, Paul. You and I were on the deck at uh, Nellie's or, or Triangle or something like that. As I soon think as it was the three, Triangle, yeah. yeah. Eating yeah. a salad, as I recall. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I, I love no, – there's no beer involved. I, I, like all those, I like all those things. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, so we've been able to sell Halifax the last little while, our value proposition. You know, when I go on the road with the partnership, um, our value proposition has been TLC, which is talent, location, cost, and we added innovation to that. So we have the universities, we have all kinds of, you know, talent. And I think that more and more what we're hearing through COVID is you can add safety to that. Um, whether it's a business, and I've talked to businesses who are coming here, who are setting up here, I've done job fairs with them, and they really like uh, the way we've managed uh, COVID, even this last little sort of uh, burst of cases that we've had. I don't want to diminish that. Uh, but even with that, we've we've managed the city well, and, and it also helps with our students. Um, now I know that students, because I I know some of them pretty well. They, they can't wait to get back downtown. They want to reopen. Um, but if you're a family looking to send your your child, or if you're a student looking to study somewhere, let's say you're in Europe or or you're in Japan and you're looking to study somewhere, and and you're considering Nova Scotia or somewhere in the states where they had you know 
hundreds of thousands of deaths maybe in a state. And I think that safety piece can be added to it. And, and I also believe that, you know, cities that respect the environment and cities that respect human rights and immigration are uh, have a big leg up. I hear that from the organizations that it, that have chosen to come to Halifax even during the pandemic. They they like our outward approach to the world, our welcoming approach. And uh, I think that the future is bright for mid-sized cities. And if you're a mid-sized city like Halifax where you can have a beautiful downtown and be on a canoe in 20 minutes, um, you know, and respect nature and preserve, you know, wild areas, then I think that, that that's great. The issue is, as I say many times, quality of life without a job really doesn't amount to much. Now we've got the jobs. Now we've got, now with the challenges for companies to find the people, whereas before it was for people to find the jobs. So I think the future is very bright for Halifax. I think we fit in well into what will be the new world order. This is your third term, and hopefully you'll be our mayor for a you you know, long time to that, come. Like it's, uh, like it's a terrible thing. <laughs> no, it's a great thing. <laughs> I'm actually saying that hopefully you'll be our mayor for a long time to come. So I want to know what you want your legacy to be as mayor. Um, knowing that you're going to be mayor for a long time, uh, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to remember your term, uh, your time as mayor as? So I, I look at more of a legacy of, of, of the city and, uh, and of, if you, if you want to look at it more specifically, I'll accept it as a legacy of our council. Um, you know, not, not so much a legacy of, of myself that I want to see us build, um, a city where everybody has an opportunity and, um, you know, we've, we've had good growth in the city. Um, we've had a, um, you know, our population is on target to hit our growth targets. Uh, you know, the city was, I think, 408,000 when I became mayor. Now we're 448,000, something like that. Um, and I'm very proud of that. And growth is a good thing. The growth that we've had as a city has provided opportunities for many people that, it, that didn't have an opportunity before, but there's still people getting squeezed out. And so, you know, the legacy for me will be a city where you can come and you can see, you know, high-rise buildings downtown where people are working. And you can also look at the uh, uh, Blue Mountain Birch Cove and you can look at the Purcells Cove, um, the Shaw Wilderness Park. A, a city where there is um, a respect for people and that people have opportunities. So that's really what I, you know, would like my legacy and the legacy of our council to be that we're building not only a bigger city, but a better city, um, where there's vibrancy and, and life and quite frankly, where we get along. And, and one of the things I'm proudest of is, um, in the eight years I've been mayor that I meet people now who didn't know what Halifax was a year ago. And I also meet people here who's, Ancestors have been here for 13,000 years, the Mi'kmaq. I believe that cities are places where people can live together regardless of age, regardless of education, regardless of background, color, regardless of, uh, you know, your, your sexual orientation or how you identify. That, that I think, you know, that, that a city has a role in that. It's not just accidental that all these people come together, but that the city creates an environment for people to come together and to be successful together. Um, so that's kind of an inarticulate um, answer to your question, but that, that's that's what I think we can be. I thought it was very articulate, actually. Um, Paul, did you have any other things to, to add to that? 
True. Well, well Mayor, you've, you've remained uh, perhaps surprisingly, given, given the political climate, you've remained surprisingly uh, scandal-free. Uh, the worst thing that I, that I think we hear about you is that you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, <laughs> uh, which is pretty, pretty horrible and inexplicable. But I do want to give you the chance. Uh, you came off a, a pretty good game last night. We were recording this on Friday. So last night, the, uh, the, the Habs did beat the Leafs for the first time since 1979 uh, in the playoffs. But I want to give you a chance to give us some of your, your playoff predictions. What do you think is going to happen this year? Well, since that series in 1979, uh, Montreal is now uh, 1-0 against Toronto uh, as of this this, this uh, recording. Uh, I like hockey. I'm a big hockey fan. And I, but as I said t- t- to other people, I don't bet on I don't bet on Montreal. Look, I'll bet on anything. I'll bet on you know when council's going to end. But I don't bet on the Montreal uh, Canadiens. It's too close to my heart. But that's my team, and I love them. And they're classy, and they don't exhibit any of the, uh, you know, chippiness of the of the Bruins um, and some of the other ones. But I got a real soft spot for Colorado because of Nathan, who's just on fire in the playoffs again. I love Sid in, in Boston. Um, I like Marchand. Uh, um, I can't remember who he plays for now, but uh, I think it's a hockey team in the NHL. Yes, yes. Boston uh, Bruins. I think, said, Sid, I think you said Sid from, Sid from Boston. You've got Boston <laughs> on your mind. Sid from Pittsburgh, yeah. If you take Montreal out of the picture, which may happen, um, I would I would kind of like to see uh, a Nathan-Sydney uh, final. I don't know how the two leagues cross over now anymore. Now that it's not the you know, east and the west. So um, I'm a big fan of those two, two, two guys. And uh, you got to love Marchand as well. And also, uh, i got to put a plug in for Matty Highmore, who was traded to Vancouver recently. Got a goal before the season ended, a Dartmouth boy that uh, grew up with us. Um, there you go. That's that's all I can tell you. All right. Well, we can we can agree on we can agree on Nathan. I, I would like to see. Uh, well, he's doing very well, and I'd I'd like to see him uh, maybe bring a cut back to uh, to Halifax here soon. soon so. Oh, it would be awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the things, getting back to kind of city matters, one of the things, uh, I mean, you, uh, beyond your, your duties here with, with Halifax, you, you get to hang out with, uh, you know, with the other mayors across Canada. And I would say over the past, you know, certainly the past decade, I would say, or maybe less, you know, we've had a, a pretty good crop, I think, of, you know, progressive kind of urban-focused mayors uh, across country. I think they've they've kind of become, you know, they well, they have, they've become political figures and kind of celebrities in their own right, and, and I think quite influential at the national level. And, you know, I'm just a big fan of what happens at, at, at city level. I think it's some of the most interesting stuff that is going on. Um, so we've, uh, you know, that, that crew is changing. We've got a couple of people that are, that are not going to run again, Mayor Nenshi in Calgary and, and Mayor uh, Iveson in Edmonton. Although I see the former Minister of Infrastructure uh, has put his hat in the ring for Edmonton. He'd be a, he'd be a pretty strong candidate, I would think. Uh, maybe give us your thoughts in, in terms of that, you know, that group in terms of some of the changes that are happening and kind of what, you know, what is it that that, that group, especially the big city mayors, can kind of bring to the table in terms of the, the future of Canada? Well, that's a great question. You know, it's a funny thing. When I first got elected mayor in 2012, I was elected in October, sworn in in November. The very next day, I went to my first big city mayor's meeting. When I got up there, Rob Ford was the mayor of Toronto. He wouldn't come to those meetings. Um, the mayor of Montreal was on his way to jail. There was two or three other mayors from Quebec that were about to be charged with uh, fraud. Joe Fontana in London eventually was charged with fraud. Um, the mayors of Winnipeg and Edmonton weren't really very active in, in big city uh, issues. Um, and a reporter asked me in November of 2012 what I thought of it all. And I said, I think I could be the longest serving mayor in Canada by Christmas of this year. They were all kind of fallen. Uh, and then along came, you know, 
Nahed was there from uh, Calgary, but then came and Jimmy Watson from Ottawa. But then came people like uh, Donny Iverson. John Tory was an amazing um, addition to mayors in Canada. I uh, really enjoy working with the John Tory. And this group of big city mayors, Brian Bowman in Winnipeg, um, this this group of mayors um, has, I think, changed the country. Uh, you know, you, you look at what, what has gotten into party platforms, not just the governing party, but the other parties. Um, you know, the Liberal Party got elected in 2015 on a promise to go into deficit to fund infrastructure. That's an extraordinary thing. And they've delivered on that. I have to say they delivered on that. You know, but most of the other parties are supportive of that. And it's because FCM, Don Iverson is the chair. He'll be stepping down. Uh, Don Iverson has been an extraordinary, uh, uh, politician in this country. I think he's like 40 some years old. I think I did a video for his 40th birthday not very long ago. And he's leaving after two terms in office. And, uh, I don't know what he's going to do next. Um, but it, it'll be something else. And I, I think you're 100% right. And I know you're interested in, in, in municipal uh, politicians. We've had Nenshi here. We had planned to bring John Tory down before COVID uh, for sort of a round table. Um, I think municipal is where it matters. And if you look at some of the big city mayors today, a lot of them came from federal politics or provincial politics. John Tory was provincial. Coderre was elected in Montreal. He's running again. He was in the house with me, Bonnie Crombie and Mississauga, uh, Ed Holder, uh, Patrick Brown were all in the House of Commons with me. And I think municipal um, politics is where stuff, it's where shit is happening. And I think it's its where I want to be. And I, th- I don't have any desire to do any other kind of politics. I think that it is at the municipal level where the energy is. And in Canada, they've been, we've all been well served, in my view, by by the people who make up the big city mayor's caucus. Those are great thoughts, Mayor Savage. Um, and Really great talking to you. Um, but before we wind this, uh, this chat down, you have your own podcast. So this is yeah. a chance to plug it right now to tell, tell us all about the, your own podcast and how people can listen to it. Oh, mic drop. We started this last year during the campaign in a way to reach people during COVID. We called it, uh, open mic and, uh, had a lot of fun. I got to interview my kids about what they like about Halifax. That was probably my most fun, uh, fun one. Um, I got amazing kids. Geez, don't tell them that if you ever see them. Um, <laughs> what if they listen to this podcast? Yes, like, like, what if they do? Thousands of others, they'll hear it. They might, well, no, they're they're amazing. Um, and so we decided to bring that back, and we've done a few episodes off it. We should have you guys on one of them. Uh, we call it Mike Drop, and um, we did one this week or last week with Sarah Napier, and uh, looking forward to doing one next week with Don Bureau and Rob Somerby Murray. Um, I could choose any of the university presidents talking about how important they are in the city. Uh, keep up on your guys as one, and, and uh, good to be here with Podcast Atlantic, uh, who you guys are uh, using. To, mm-hmm. you know, we've got some great local folks doing these kind of things, and I applaud you guys for doing it. Great, and I have listened to your podcast, and it's really good, so congratulations to you on that. And thank you so much, Mayor Savage, for joining us for Downtown Lowdown. This is our 50th episode uh by the way so you are our very yeah, special guest for this so thank you so much for being i don't here. know if i'm a special guest or if you just <laughs> ran out of good ones and said Let's really we had here. you on earlier <laughs> i thought that mckinnon when he he said i was scandal free i thought he was going to ask me if i had any deep dark secrets that uh that i would share that i'm embarrassed about but he never did <laughs> no i, I figured you, you want to share those in your podcast probably <laughs> i might just do that well mayor savage thanks again for joining us
Thank you, Ivy, very much. It's great to be with you and all the folks at uh, downtown Halifax. Keep on plugging, and don't give up in the summer in uh, Halifax. We're going to make it. We will, yes. We were talking to Mayor Mike Savage as our special guest for the 50th episode of Downtown Lowdown. Now, in his third term, Mike Savage was first elected mayor of Halifax Regional Municipality in 2012 with a mandate to make Halifax the most livable, entrepreneurial, and inclusive city in Canada. To learn more about Halifax Regional Municipality and the city's programs and services, visit halifax.ca. You can follow at Mike Savage HFX on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow at HFXGov on Twitter and at HFXMoments on Instagram to stay up to date on municipal news. As usual, we aren't letting Paul McKinnon go just yet. Uh, He's going to give us an update on Downtown Halifax Business Commission's provincial advocacy efforts in partnership with 11 other business improvement districts across the province. So, Paul, tell us all about our advocacy efforts and uh, some new announcements. Sure. So a big part of what uh, we do at Downtown Halifax Business Commission is is we work, we want to hear from our members about what issues are important to them, particularly those issues um, that uh, that are policy issues or, or things that, that government can help with. So uh, we want to be a, a voice of advocacy on behalf of our members to all three levels of government. Um, and sometimes we uh, we put together positions, you know, in consultation with our board. We've got an advocacy action team. Uh, but essentially, we, uh, we want to kind of channel the disparate voices of our members uh, to government. So we've got, you know, specific asks into the federal government, to the provincial government, and to the municipal government. So we'll maybe just talk a bit about the provincial government today, uh, as that has certainly been the hot topic uh, this past week. So particularly during this uh, this third wave and the, and the newest round of restrictions, uh, we've been getting a lot of feedback from our members, um, particularly around um, around provincial programs. Uh, I mean, it is the province that, that sets the restrictions to public health. Uh, there are significant programs available at the federal level, uh, but those tend to be, you know, kind of stable. They don't fluctuate so much, or the need doesn't necessarily fluctuate so much um, over the course of, of lockdowns. Uh, and they had just done some extension announcements a little while ago. So um, the focus in the last last uh, week or so really has been on the provincial programs. And so we have um, had a couple of meetings. We had a meeting with uh, Minister Kasoulis, uh, who is the Minister of Finance and also the Minister of uh, Inclusive Economic Growth, formerly the Department of Business. Uh, and then last, uh, just last Friday, we, we had a meeting with, uh, with Premier Rankin as well. And that was a meeting with the with the twelve business improvement districts uh, across Nova Scotia. And one of the things that we've uh, we've kind of proactively looked at doing is working with a coalition. So there are twelve business improvement districts uh, in Nova Scotia. We all have similar kinds of concerns. The same, you know, the same issues that are impacting you know businesses on Barrington Street are also impacting businesses on Charlotte Street in Sydney or businesses in downtown Truro. So uh, we do a lot of consultation with those business improvement districts. So we've we've kind of come together and we put together really kind of a suite of asks uh, to the provincial government. Uh, and over the course of those two meetings and some some uh, open letters that perhaps members have seen and shared, uh, we, we tried to articulate what our key priorities were, um, and then we had some discussions about them, and happy to give an update um, on where we are with those today. So, Paul, what are the updates? So one of the asks uh, that we had for the provincial government was uh, there's a new program that's, that's just been launched, um, which is the um, property tax rebate program. We've talked about that uh, on the show before. But so the program was actually announced a while back. It was meant to cover uh, businesses that were impacted by the second um, the second wave back in, in December and January. But by the time the program actually came out uh, and was released uh, for businesses to apply to, we were into the third wave. And so there was this weird situation where businesses that were 
you know, that were impacted by third wave restrictions weren't eligible to apply for this program. And so that was one of our actions to the government was, can you expand the eligibility? So a good example is, you know, a retailer um, who wasn't forced to close for the second wave, but was for the third wave, you know, couldn't apply to this program. Um, so we did make that ask, and, and actually after some deliberation, the province did change those uh, the eligibility requirements. Uh, so we're very pleased about that. The uh, the next ask that we had made was around uh, the current program, which is the uh, Small Business Impact Grant. Uh, and these are um, uh, grant programs that the province tends to release you know, anytime there are a round of restrictions. And so um, it, it's a program where a business can apply for up to $5,000 uh, as a direct grant. Uh, what we found uh, through our own internal research and, and polling was, uh, you know, many of our members were applying for the grant. Uh, a lot of them weren't getting anywhere close to the $5,000. And so the, the feedback we heard loud and clear from the business community was that there needed, the, the supports for the third round just needed to be higher. There needed to be more money made available. Um, uh, and that businesses were finding this third wave, you know, even much tougher than, than the first two. And so that, that message was, was loud and clear. And so we uh, we asked the province, or I guess maybe asked as too polite a word, we, we strongly encouraged the province uh, to put more money into that program in some fashion. So that could have been topping up the grant or extending it or offering another round. And so ultimately what the province announced uh, last Friday, uh, to our great um, delight, was uh, that they would really what they did was they created kind of a fourth round. Uh, but they changed the parameters of the program, and so uh, for the fourth round, it was a it was a flat um, amount of five thousand dollars. So any business that was eligible to receive the the third round would automatically get uh, five thousand uh, dollars for the fourth round. So that that means, I guess, uh, you know, a business this time around could get anywhere up to ten thousand um, dollars, but would get um, well over five thousand dollars as a minimum. So that was great news uh, last Friday. So we applauded the the government uh, for doing that. So those asks were both really around short-term relief to do with the third wave, uh, but we've also got um, you know a lot of interest uh, in in seeing what the future holds. You know as we as we survive through the rest of the pandemic, through the vaccination process, and really what a post-pandemic uh, Nova Scotia is going to look like uh, pertaining to businesses on uh, on main streets and, and in downtowns. And so for a long time, we've really been advocating for uh, what we've been calling. Um, uh, a downtown and Main Street focused uh, economic recovery plan. So to our mind, there's there's two main components to an economic recovery plan. One is uh, a timeline, and this is something we've been seeing other jurisdictions increasingly come out with, uh, which really are kind of dates or or at least um, phases of reopening. So the way they typically have worked is, is if is a, a province, for instance, has said, you know, when we reach you know this amount of vaccinations or we've gotten down to this number of of new cases and are and are um, satisfied it's not through community spread, then We'll, then we'll reopen restaurants to this extent or we'll reopen outdoor patios. So essentially it's kind of a, you know, here's, here's how restrictions will be lessened as, as certain health markers are reached. And so that's something that, um, uh, that a lot of groups have been asking for here in Nova Scotia to date uh, that hasn't been made available. Um, but again, I think the province is, is hearing those concerns. Uh, and as much as they don't want to get tied down to specific numbers, I think that's, that's really where the, the province is coming from. Uh, I think they are starting to understand the necessity for business to have some sort of level of certainty but what's happening. So I think what's going to be, be emerging, and the Premier has said in the next couple of weeks, they will be, they will be sharing uh, a reopening plan. Uh, it probably won't include fixed dates, but it probably will include um, these, these kinds of phases. Um, uh, and that will be coming out uh, 
we hope in the next couple of weeks. Um, so that will really give an idea to businesses about, you know, when can they start to to anticipate, you know, uh, if you're a restaurant, you're opening your cafe, opening your your interior, you know, when can we actually go back to full full capacity in restaurants or full capacity in, in retailers? And so we are looking forward to that. The, the province has said they, um, you know, the, the decisions around that phasing will be will be made by public health, uh, but they are looking at gathering sector feedback. So we will be providing feedback. We'll be getting feedback from our members and we'll be providing feedback to the government about what we feel those phases should entail. So that, that's a, a key part of the, of the plan. But the other part that hasn't had as much attention, I don't think, are, you know, what are the proactive programs that we can that we can have in place, um, led by the provincial government, but with, uh, with um, you know, the business community also being part of, uh, what are those programs that we can have uh, ready to execute to come along with the with the reopening. So, you know, the sense being that it's not going to be just enough to say, okay, people can go dine again. Um, that with that, we would really need to have some sort of advertising campaign that's going to rebuild uh, consumer confidence. You know, so that people, you know, at, you know, when it actually is safe to go and do that again, that that will have you know government endorsed um, you know uh, messages and and advertising promotion are really demonstrating that it is safe. Because you know, after you know, it, it'll it'll be a year plus, um, you know, a year and a half where people have been told to stay home. Home, um, it, it's not going to be enough to just say, okay, now it's all right to go out. Uh, we're really going to have to reinforce that message. So that's an example. Other examples could be, you know, infrastructure investment in our downtowns and, and main streets. You know, we've we've lost. Obviously, our sector has been has been, um, you know, really badly uh, hurt through this pandemic. So, you know, what are the things that we can do proactively to, to bring people back downtown, um, both to work and to visit? You know, how do we how do we get tourism operating again? You know, how do we get back to normal? And um, you know, it's not just enough to to reopen things. It's there's really going to need to be a concerted effort in terms of programming and budgets uh, put behind that. So ideally what we'd like to see is, is um, you know, the, the provincial government to appoint some department or some person uh, to lead this part of the strategy. So again, we've had some conversations with, with the premier and other government officials about this. Uh, and again, they, they do seem to be receptive to that. Um, the, the language they've been using recently has, has been around, you know, now it is time to start working on some of those, those longer term uh, picture pieces. So, so I say overall, we're, we're fairly pleased at the, um, you know, the direction our advocacy is going. Um, you know, advocacy is always a bit of a longer and slower process than anyone would like it to be. Uh, but but we're certainly committed to both representing the voices of our members, uh, but also working proactively with government. You know, we don't want to be on the outside just, you know, lobbing rocks at them or, or just criticizing the things they're doing. We really want to be part of the solution. And so uh, we're trying to position ourselves as as both downtown Halifax as well as the other business improvement districts. You know, we've got a lot of, a lot of knowledge and resources that we can bring to the table, and we want to work proactively with government uh, on those things. Yeah, that's a lot of great news, Paul. Uh, and, and you're right, it has uh, really sped up uh, the advocacy, advocacy efforts that we've been putting forth. Uh, this pandemic has really accelerated everything. So that's great that we've uh, made some progress uh, and we're really speaking for our members and, and uh, getting their feedback as well. And government is listening. They're uh, figuring out that, oh, yes, we do have those resources. We, have, we can be really valuable partners with them. And so for more information on those programs, especially the Small Business Impact Grant Part 3, uh, you can go to novascotia.ca slash coronavirus slash support, and you can search under support for businesses. Great. Thank you so much for, your, for the updates, Paul. Okay. Thank you. We were talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He gave us an update on Downtown Halifax Business Commission's provincial advocacy efforts in partnership with 11 other business improvement districts across the province. And now for BizBuzz.
And now it's time for BizBuzz. Lauren Andrews, our Marketing and Communications Coordinator, is here with me today, along with Ivy. Hi, Lauren and Ivy. Thanks for joining me. Hi there. On this episode of BizBuzz, we'll chat quickly about what's open in downtown Halifax and how to support our local small businesses during this lockdown. And I'll also tell you about Asian Heritage Month, Open City 2021, the Patio Lanterns Festival, and we'll finish by telling you about our 50th episode giveaway. But first, Lauren has a few business milestones for us. What do you have for us, Lauren? Sure. First, Russo Chocolatier, located at 5151 South Street, is celebrating their seventh birthday. Happy birthday and congratulations on their continued success. They are open for pickup and delivery. Follow at Russo, C-H-O-C-O, on Instagram to keep up to date. Inkwell Modern Handmade Boutique is celebrating their 10th anniversary. They are open online and have free contactless curbside pickup to order online. Check out their website, inkwellboutique.ca, or follow at inkwellboutique on Instagram for more information. The new Eats Not Apps site is now up and running. The site lists restaurants that offer their own delivery, in-store pickup, and curbside pickup. This site is to aid and promote restaurants in Halifax free of charge. They are eliminating the third party and directly supporting the business. To learn more, go to eatsnotapps.com. Thanks, Lauren. So just a reminder that even though many of our downtown Halifax restaurants and shops are closed for in-person service, they are still open for business. Many businesses now have online stores and ordering platforms, so you can find your favorite downtown businesses online, order and pay online, and choose either curbside pickup, local delivery, or where applicable, shipping. This third wave has been really tough on our small local businesses, so we are asking that you continue to think local first when it comes to getting takeout and shopping. Please order something from a small local business if you are able. And it really could not be easier to support our small local businesses. Here's a quick reminder of how you can do that during this third wave. Order takeout or delivery from your local restaurants. Shop online and choose curbside pickup, delivery, or shipping. Buy gift cards to use later. Follow your favorite small businesses on social media and cheer them on by liking, commenting on, and sharing their posts. Recommend your favorite businesses to your friends. And finally, check in on the owners and employees at your favorite small businesses. They'd love to hear from you. If you're wondering what is open and open online for business in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open. And if you are a business in downtown Halifax and would like to be listed on that page, please email communications at downtownhalifax.ca. Moving on, May is Asian Heritage Month, and we've partnered with the Coast on the Show Up for Pan-Asian Food and Win giveaway. This giveaway celebrates the great food and culture in Halifax's Pan-Asian restaurants and businesses during Asian Heritage Month. To enter, all you have to do is order from a Pan-Asian restaurant and tell the Coast in a short email or social media post why you show up for Pan-Asian food. You can enter by emailing contest at thecoast.ca or tagging your posts with hashtag HFXPanAsianFood. For more information, you can visit thecoast.ca or follow at thecoasthalifax on Instagram. We are also highlighting some Asian-owned and led businesses in downtown Halifax for Asian Heritage Month on our social media. Make sure you are following at Downtown Halifax on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date. And if your business is Asian-owned or led and is located in downtown Halifax and you would like to be featured, let us know. Email communications at downtownhalifax.ca. And Ivy interviewed Joyce Liu, founder and CEO of Looming Studios, on the 49th episode of Downtown Lowdown. In that interview, Joyce tells us how she started Looming Studios and how they were doing during the pandemic. And she also talks about Asian Heritage Month and anti-Asian racism. It's a really insightful interview, and I highly recommend listening to it if you haven't already. 
You can listen to it wherever you listen to your pods. Joyce also has a film showing in the Canadian Museum of Immigration at Pier 21's Canada Storytellers series called Asia by Canada Documentaries. Her film called Why Halifax will be featured along with two other films. This free event will be taking place virtually on May 25th from 7 to 9 p.m. But the films will be available to view for a limited time after the event. You can learn more information and register at pier21.ca slash events. And a quick update for our members on Open City 2021 and the new Patio Lanterns Festival. So Open City is still going ahead this year. It is tentatively booked for June 19th, but will be moved later into the summer if needed. You can still register to participate in this event by visiting opencityhalifax.ca. And Patio Lanterns is a new festival that is being organized by our friends and partners at Develop Nova Scotia, Events East, and Discover Halifax. The dates for Patio Lanterns are still to be determined, but this new festival will be a multi-week festival to kick off and enjoy patio season. Businesses are invited to participate for free by offering a special menu item or drink, having special patio decorations, activations, or performances, etc. More information on this event will be forthcoming over the next few weeks, but in the meantime, you can email communications at downtownhalifax.ca for more information. And finally, we are at our 50th episode. We've made it! In honor of- <laughs> we made it. Yeah, we made it. In an honor of our 50th episode, we are hosting a giveaway on our Facebook and Instagram pages that will launch on Wednesday, May 26th. To enter, you just have to tell us the special phrase of the episode, which Ivy will tell us in a minute. And you could win one of 10 $50 gift certificates to a downtown Halifax business of your choice. And of course, you have to tag a friend. That's just how it works. So, Ivy, what is a special phrase that people need to know to successfully enter our giveaway? Okay, so the special phrase is support small business. Again, that's support small business. And good luck, everybody. Great. Thank you, Ivy. And a quick reminder that to be eligible to win one of the gift certificates, you must be 19 years of age or older and a resident of Nova Scotia. Winners will be able to choose the downtown Halifax business that they would like their gift certificate from. We will figure out how to safely purchase and get the gift certificates to the winners. More information will be on the giveaway post. So, again, the special phrase is? Support small business. Thank you, Ivy. So make sure you're following at Downtown Halifax on Facebook and Instagram to enter. And that is it for BizBuzz this week. Thanks for joining us, and remember to enter our giveaway. This concludes Episode 50 of Downtown Lowdown, recorded on May 21st, 2021. For more information, go to downtownhalifax.ca slash podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and found it informative, please rate and subscribe to Downtown Lowdown. And don't forget to follow at Downtown Halifax on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Mm